afternoon, audience. Welcome back to another edition of Restaurant Magic. I'm the hotness. And I'm Sweetly. (laughs) And thank you so much for joining us today. We are here at the Clemens Family Farm in Vermont. Sharp. Okay, I I keep skipping over the city because I keep messing it up. I'm going to go to Lydia. She's going to pronounce the city, I, you know, correctly. <laughs> Lydia, where are we at? We're at Charlotte, Vermont. <laughs> Charlotte, Vermont. Uh, thank you so much. And so we're just here enjoying ourselves, and we are just absorbing everything we can about the Clemens family farm. And we're joined by Mrs. Clemens and her lovely daughter, Lydia. And, and Dr. Clemens is here as well. And Dr. Clemens is here as well. We just want to thank you so much, Dr. Clemens, for being here and just letting us, you know, enjoy your legacy with your daughter and your lovely wife. Thank you so much. But um, last week we were discussing um, Mrs. Clemens and her gardening um, tips and information, but we didn't talk about your Southern cooking and things like that. Can you share with the audience just a little bit more information about what you know all about Southern cooking? Well, it's limited to what I learned from my mother at a young age. I know I used to enjoy sometimes being sick because she would make kind of a, not a a cornmeal mush, Mm -hmm. but very thin with green peas in it, fresh green English peas, we call them. Mm. And it was so delicious, I always wanted to be sick (laughs) because it was absolutely good. She made uh, a peach cobbler, which was equally delicious. We had a peach tree in our backyard and when we lived in Arkansas, Mm -hmm. Smikeover, Arkansas. So I forever remember peach cobblers. And in those days, schools were not integrated. Uh, But when we went to school at age six, she would bring our, if she could get a ride out, we lived about a mile from the school. Mm-hmm. And she would bring a hot lunch from us, you often including a peach cobbler mm-hmm. to the school for us. That was such a labor of love for her. But sometimes she'd make sandwiches for us to take to school every day, you know. What kind of sandwiches were these? Uh, probably some kind of chicken sandwich because okay. I don't remember ever having peanut butter in oh. those days. <laughs> but just a chicken sandwich or mostly a chicken sandwich. And I would I would sell my sandwich at school for a nickel <laughs> and buy a candy bar. <laughs> hustling. She already hustling at a young age. <laughs> and the kids were so glad to get to my get sandwich. get that chicken sandwich. <laughs> yes. And I would sell it for a nickel because I never got candy. Well, you were and used I'd, to the food, I'd, so. I'd buy a Baby Ruth. Oh, wow. A, or a Milky Way was the other candy bar that uh-huh. I bought. Yeah. Did your mom ever find out? I told her once I was an adult. <laughs> Before it was, when it was too late for her to spank me. You know? Exactly. Well, I used to sell your sandwiches for a, a nickel. nickel yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. just promptly buy a candy bar. Yeah. Because the principal's wife, who was also a teacher, sold candy. Mm. But nobody had a hot lunch or hot food for people. Mm-hmm. And unless she brought our lunch, a hot lunch for a seat right then and there, if she sent us with a sandwich, I would sell mine. What was the Sunday meal in your house? Uh, always uh, a roast beef mostly or chicken mm-hmm. during the week. And I try to practice that way of eating now. We had, uh, in those days, the sun, Sunday considered the Sabbath was always made a day of rest and going to church. Mm-hmm. If you didn't go to church, you still rested. But dinner was done for the day. But during the week, we had what we would call now a uh, crockpot dinner, 
Okay. But she, we called it a boiled dinner. Greens with some uh, pork in it, as we were talking about before. Green peas, anything vegetables. On Friday, for some reason, we always had fish. Fish night. Yeah. And on Saturdays, we would have leftovers. Mm -hmm. But on Sunday, we would start out with another nice roast. Now, yeah. were those meals cooked on Saturday night because you couldn't do anything on Sunday? The roast was Sunday? cooked. Well, I must say my mother never went to church because she was busy cooking on Sunday, mm -hmm. in spite of people not cooking on Sunday. But she didn't iron her shirt on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> but she did cook. <laughs> okay, and with your um, your kids and your passion for cooking, did you teach them? And how did that bear out with your, your children? Did you teach them how to cook? About my knowing how to cook? Yeah, your your, your kitchen skills. Did you pass I, that along to uh, your kids? My mother never made me do cooking oh. at home. She said, nope, if, 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 I didn't like to cook, so she didn't make me cook. My sister loved to cook, and she didn't need a recipe book. But when I, I got married, my mother said, well, now, Lydia, if you can read, you can cook. <laughs> so she bought me Better Homes and Garden. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I cooked out of that. I cooked from that. That was all I knew about cooking. But you and did experiment, Mom. Well, once I, Jack's parent, Jack's mother uh, and his brother and his wife were going to come to supper at our house, and I was going to make a roast chicken. Well, I bought a beautiful, uh, I was going to make fried chicken, I think. Oh, okay. And I didn't know the difference. I didn't okay. know there was a difference mm -hmm. between a fryer and a roast. So I bought a big fat, but it was a roasting chicken, and I attempted to fry it. And no one could eat it. Oh. And everybody <laughs> laughed, and we had to send out for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but I never knew that a roasting chicken meant it had to be cooked. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was just a big, beautiful chicken. Well, Mom, talk about some of your experimental dishes when we were kids. Do you remember any of them? Oh, yes. We had, uh, Dia had a pony, mm -hmm. Chad. And one of the experimental dishes was that Chad was, no, Chad was fine, but he was sold. But she, she had another friend who had a pony. And somehow the mother decided it was time for that pony to go, so he was butchered. Oh. And she was selling the meat. Horse meat? Horse meat, yeah. Wow. And I bought a little of it. And I couldn't eat it because I kept thinking pony of meat. Chad. <laughs> and Dia <laughs> Dia figured it out. She said, this is horse meat. I don't know how she figured it out. It just looked weird. how did you figure it out? It was it horse meat. Your mom was trying to feed you. Well, none, none of us touched it. How did you yeah. prepare it? It was really it was red. I don't know. I thought I was different. preparing it well, but I couldn't eat it. So they, I mean, well, I Did I you fry it or stew it? I think I stewed it, but I just couldn't eat it because he was horse. And once I cooked a tongue, a horse tongue, or was it a Cow. cow's, to cow's Cow. tongue? And I couldn't eat that. And Dia, I didn't tell them what it was. I just sliced it, and she figured it out. What about the chicken feet? Oh. The chicken feet. Oh. Yeah, the chicken feet. I, I know the the toes were still, you know. Oh yeah, they we were perfectly a... good. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> oh wow. We we can't take this audience. All this experimental <laughs> cooking. We're gonna take a quick commercial break and find out what is really going on in the Clemens family kitchen. We talking horses, chicken feet, and tongue and ponies. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Shouldn't laws be black and white? Doesn't everyone deserve the same treatment? For 15-year-old Gemini Berry, the answers are obvious. But then a crime shocks Gemini's small town and she learns that many adults see things in shades of gray. In Nika Chanel's novel, Just As the Sky is Blue, Gemini Berry is forced to grow up fast when her mother agrees to play a central role in a sensational murder trial that tears her small town apart. 
As the child spins out of control, secrets are revealed and old deaths are settled and Gemini's life is ultimately changed forever. Order Mika Chanel's book, Just As the Sky is Blue. Just As the Sky is Blue is available on Amazon.com, Kindle, and Audible.com. My name is Jimmy Davies, and I'm the owner of the Every.Black family of websites. I created EveryBlackEntrepreneur.com because we must become entrepreneurs, and we have to use technology to level the playing field. We support our members by highlighting them in a weekly email announcement. We create a monthly directory where every member has a full-page display. One of the largest advantages of joining the Every.Black family is the ability to network with all of the other members. We have also partnered with the Truth Network to provide a 10% discount for anyone joining and using the discount code of TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, when signing up. Go to everyblackentrepreneur.com. Click on the sign up button and join today. You can reach us at 919-265-8045. Sign up today and join the movement to achieve economic freedom. All right, audience, we are back. Listen, listeners, now it's up to you. But if you like horse tongue, no, cow, cow tongue, pony meat, and what else was it? Chicken feet. Chicken feet. Chicken feet and pony Don't meat. ask me how to cook it. But anyway, Mrs. Clemens said she tried. But Lydia always was up on the game. She, she knew exactly what was going on. But, I just want to say those experiments failed. Yes. Okay. We none of us ever ate any of that stuff. We just she tried and it totally failed. Um, nobody ate the poor pony meat or the cow tongue or the any of that. So Lydia, how is your cooking? Oh, I, it used to be really good, but I'm now out of practice. But I, I could still probably call up again. I cook really great African food because most of my adult life was in Africa. Okay. Has been in Africa since the age of about 19, up what until is six the years ago. Dish that you, cook? you name it. Okay. Um, but there's the, my favorite is probably, and sorry because I know you're allergic to nuts, but the peanut chickens. Mm. Um, it's called tiga digana. From Mali, mm. um, it's either with chicken or sometimes they might do goat meat or fish, but it's a peanut stew with cabbage and carrots, and it's just so good, mm. really, really good. And you serve that over rice. When's the last time you made that dish? It still sounds lovely. I would be willing to eat it, even though I have this nut allergy. No, you can't do that. You do have an EpiPen, though. <laughs> so the Senegalese do... Um, it's a lemon chicken. I can't remember what it's called right now. It'll come, it'll come to me in a moment. But you take the chicken and instead of peanut sauce, you just really soak it in lemon mm. and onions mm. and until it's very, very... Uh, you fry it first and then cook it with onions and lemon juice. I, I, yasa. Pule yasa. So chicken yasa. And that is served over rice as well. But it's delicious. It's really... Um, it's bittersweet because of the lemon mm-hmm. and the onion, mm-hmm. uh, but so good. So, so it's good. fried, then stewed down in mm-hmm. this lemon and onions? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm... Lots of onions. Okay. Lots and lots and lots of onions. That's and they might put cool. a little nutmeg in there and some other kinds of spices and then over rice. That's very, very good. I should have made that for you guys. I, did, I wasn't even thinking about hey, all that. Lydia, 
You have so much on your plate. I'm, she's superwoman, y'all. She really is. But as we're talking about different dishes and food, last night we had a culinary art event, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful in the barn. And we had Mr. Guzman. Eloy. Mm-hmm. Eloy Guzman come and make us sweet potato pudding. Mm-hmm. Now, these are not your regular sweet potatoes, listener. Mm-hmm. You can't go and get that that you make with yams. It is a white sweet potato, and it is in Cuba. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure if we go to farmer's market, we can get that. It already is sweet. You didn't have to add much but some maple syrup. But um, you'll hear more about that because we interviewed Mr. Guzman as well. But it was a wonderful night. And that's just one of the events that's going on here mm-hmm. at the barn. Mm-hmm. So Lydia is doing wonderful things. There's beautiful art here. There's food. There's poetry. Mm-hmm. All kind of different events going on. Mm-hmm. So um, just check her out. Go to her Facebook and, and check things out and yeah hit that donate button yeah I mean and I wanted to elaborate a little bit more about some of the events that you have in the vision that you have for your family's farm here in Vermont the Clemens family farm people you got to go to your website check it out because they have lovely events but Lydia tell us a little bit more about some of the events you have here at your family's farm well we are kind of reenacting what our parents did back in the 60s and 70s as they moved here again there are so few black people people of color in the 60s in Vermont and so they created a cultural hub in the 1960s and 70s and I think their main motivation was for their kids their Mm -hmm. young five children they wanted to expose their children to as many positive role models as much art and culture that was from the African or African-American heritage Mm -hmm. um, as possible in this very very white state so we grew up with Langston Hughes and Mm -hmm. poet uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar there was cooking there was music there was writing and poetry we grew up with all of that And we shared it with the local white, white, white community so that African-American heritage, art, and culture were things to actually bring people together Mm -hmm. instead of things to pull people apart. And so what we're doing now in this new reiteration of the farm is exactly that, turning it back into the cultural hub that it used to be in the 60s and 70s, celebrating African-American art, history, culture, literature, and the people. Mm -hmm. And so again, with so few people of African descent in, in Vermont, we're creating a place where folks can come and feel like they have a home, a safe haven. Mm-hmm. But again, whether you're black or white, that everybody should be able to come. But the, the pulling force, the gravity force here is African-American heritage, all that we have to celebrate and cherish about it. And the fact, again, that we're on African-American-owned land. That is just so, just so beautiful. And the story of the Clemens family is just really amazing because there's not a lot of African-American-owned farmland. And what Lydia and her family, what they're doing, they're really trying to just to re-engage our community and just get us to appreciate some of the things that are happening, you know, with the land. I mean, Sweetly, what do you think? I totally agree with you. Um, What she's doing is she is uh, repeating history. And everything, I think, in some type of way is repeating itself. So she's going back full circle, not uh, 180. Yeah. And just what she's learned, she's just passing it along. And I thank her for the opportunity for us to come and get a taste of what she's doing Mm -hmm. and to get into her mind you know she has a lot going on in that mind guys and Mm -hmm. I just can't wait to see what's coming up next yes if if you want to support Lydia please um go to her the website I'm going to ask Lydia tell the audience again if they want to just be a part of your vision and what you're doing how can they do that how can they be a part of this 
Well, there are a couple ways. I mean, one, you could donate, which is awesome. Yes. Um, there is a donate button on our website. Um, it goes through our fiscal sponsor, who is a 501c3. That means it's a nonprofit organization called Burlington City Arts. If you donate and say, for the Clemens Family Farm on our donate button, mm -hmm. it will go through them and come to us, and it's a tax-deductible donation for you. You can write it off of your taxes at the end of the tax year. Um, other things you can do, just like us on Facebook. It's great to have a lot of likes. Um, you can find us, Clemens Family, on Facebook. Um, that way, you'll also be able to keep uh, up to date with our events. If you're in the Vermont area between May and October of next year, that's the that's our open season, is May through October, mm -hmm. come by, enjoy an event, take a tour. Many of the events are free. Sometimes we do ask for donations, which help the farm. Some A few, few events are actually paid events. But anything you can do, if you want to have a retreat, for example, maybe there are a bunch of you out there who are like African-American writers or poets, or I don't know, you're working on plays, come and have a retreat on the farm. There's beautiful facilities. You guys have, um, yeah, sweetness, so Sweetly and the Hotness have actually lived in the barn house. They know what that apartment is like. Come stay with us. Yeah. And by staying with us instead of at the Holiday Inn or the Hilton, oops, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, <but laughs> staying with us instead of one of these uh, commercial hotels, you're actually helping preserve an African-American-owned farm. Awesome. Well, audience, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Lydia, what is it like growing up with a doctor and, you know, having a mom that's a nurse and how that, you know, imparted to who you are today? So we'll be right back. Hey, girl, that's a nice T-shirt you're wearing. Where did you get it? I got it from TeamJesusClothing.com. Really? I like the messaging and the colors. They're so vibrant. Yes, TeamJesusClothing.com has a lot of t-shirts and hoodies with encouraging messages. They have styles for both men and women. Wow, thanks for letting me know. I'm going to TeamJesusClothing.com to place my order now. Yes, definitely go to TeamJesusClothing.com and be sure to check out my favorite shirt designs, Team Jesus and Won't He Do It. I can't wait. TeamJesusClothing.com, here I come. Welcome back, audience. I'm the Hotness. And I'm Sweetly. And we are here at the Clemens Family Farm in Charlotte, Vermont. <laughs> 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 I've been struggling. <laughs> but um, before we went to commercial break, I was asking Lydia, what was it like to grow up with greatness? Because I see your parents and they're just awesome. So what was that like growing up? Did you feel any pressure at all? Never pressure. I think um, one of the amazing thing, uh, things about my parents, and I think what they have successfully translated to all the five kids, is that it doesn't matter... It matters, of course, being a doctor or nurse, having high degrees. A lot of us in our family do have PhDs, master's degrees. But what's much more important is the substance of who you are. The, the degrees and all that may help you be more successful in your life in terms of making money or, or having some kind of authority. But what's most important is your humility, your dignity, and what you give back to the community. And so an important lesson to us, I think, growing up with a doctor and a nurse as parents was watching them without any without any hesitation at all. Get down on their hands and knees and weed a garden. Get the hammer and the nails and do some carpentry work. Clean out a pig stall. You know, they weren't worried about manual labor. They actually respected manual labor and the ability to create things, uh, gardens, homes, with your own hands, to cook, 
So the the issue of um, sort of snobbery or, or mm-hmm. making social class be a thing that separates you from others mm-hmm. was not part of who they are. That social class or prestige, that's something that they didn't have any time. They had the fancy degrees, but they were very much embracing of a rural farming community and very humble and very respectful of all people around them, regardless of their social standing, their degrees or their income or their race. That's just awesome, Mrs. Clemens. How did you and your husband raise such wonderful children? I mean, because at what you call her, Dia, yeah. <laughs> she is awesome. But how did you guys raise such, you know, beautiful and just awesome kids? Well, we were thrilled to have five children. As I said, I had a vision, honestly, when we were engaged that we were going to have five children. So it was just wonderful. So much so my, you know, I, I would breastfeed my children longer than normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not until they were five, right? Yes. <laughs> the youngest one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The youngest one. Naomi. Five. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. We're not judging. Your <laughs> kids are awesome. Maybe I missed. I should have did that to my daughter. I don't know. Yes. You ladies out there, <laughs> breastfeed until they're five. Yeah. Okay, Miss Clemens, go ahead. So you said you were breastfeeding a little bit longer. <laughs> yes. Uh, and my mother and dad would come and uh, to give us a break, and they'd say, "We're not going to come unless you two go away for a week or two. So we would we would always go to New York because my husband had studied in New York and he knew New York. Mm-hmm. I still couldn't ride the subway in New York by myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the children were thrilled to have their grand grandparents because they got McDonald's, Mm. they got ice cream, both grandparents liked to fish, Ah. so they went fishing and ice cream cone after fishing, so they were thrilled, and we were thrilled to have the time. Okay, but what was it about, like, you guys, I think you guys had a different mindset than everyone else that was, like, growing up during the era that you were growing up, but you guys managed, I mean, I I can't describe what it is, I can't put my finger on it, but what was it that you were just, like, I'm going to do this with my kids, you know, I'm going to focus on this, what were those things? Well, we just loved having children so much. That's I think that's it. That's we, it? I don't think Love. we ever thought. Yeah, I guess that's it. We never thought about. You know, we just wanted them with us. Mm-hmm. And the vacations we had was when we each, if one of us was going to an interesting place for a professional meeting, it was a chance for a free vacation. We took the kids. Okay, every August. And we had a wonderful time. But I think we were just so thrilled to have children. Yeah. So much so that my mother said, Lydia, you and Jack already have five children now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, they were were sitting, my mother lived a suburb of Chicago and she came. She had only two children. Mm -hmm. I think Jack's parents had only two. And they, I think. I think it must go for skip a generation. One generation, you have a lot of children. The next children say, nope, I'm only having one or two. Right. And then the next generation goes and starts yeah, back the big family again. Yes, yes. So we fell into that big family time. Okay. I just, I also see the um, focus on education that you imparted on your kids. I think that's just so important mm-hmm. nowadays. Yes, well, they we, we struggled to give them the schools they wanted to go to. So Dia went to Stanford. Jocelyn went to the University of Chicago. And... I think the University of Chicago was so surprised to have somebody apply from Charlotte, Vermont. Two girls, Jocelyn and her best girlfriend, Mm -hmm. applied and they accepted both of them because they couldn't believe that from this little village of Charlotte, two kids wanted to come to the University of Chicago, so they went. So they got accepted. Well, what I see is that love, hard work, and education can make you, mm-hmm. and that's what I've learned. Being here at this farm, I'm hanging out with the Clemens, 
I have felt nothing but love. Can I say one thing? I think I was just reading, I read my Bible often, mm -hmm. and I was just reading, I think it was in Corinthians where they said, Perseverance? Cher cher love, charity, and, and something hope, but the and hope, the and the greatest is love. One of them is love. I, I mm -hmm. think that's so, such a thing for mm -hmm. each time in life, mm -hmm. you know, each situation in life, and mm -hmm. so we can certainly say that, that would be, that's a great thing for anyone. If you have love, then you're, you're good to mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Totally agree with you. I agree too. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on with our youth today. You know, we um, we're always in a hurry. Mm -hmm. I think, but structure, they want it. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter used to always say to me, "Why you're so mean?" But I'm like, "Well, why does everybody want to be at my house? Mm -hmm. Why are you girls mm -hmm. here?" Because they wanted the structure. Mm -hmm. Structure was a part of being loved. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we have to get back to. to and love, that's yeah. what I see Lydia doing. Giving the children, even the adults, a chance to get back to their roots. And see how wonderful they are. See what princes and queens they are. Royal ambassadors. That they are somebody. And that's what I see the Clemens Family Farm doing. Absolutely. No matter your ethnicity, your differences, your religion, mm -hmm. all about love. It is. And so Lydia, one more time for the audience. Tell them a little bit more about, I know I've asked you this several times, but I think your mission is just so important that they need to hear it. Just one more time. How can people donate and give to your vision that you have for your lovely family? Okay, well, thank you. Well, this time I'm going to change my response a little bit. And just to say that if you look on the website and you see all this beautiful property and you're like, whoa, these people are loaded. They don't need our money. But all of this was made by hands. The farm is over 200 years old. Mm -hmm. The folks bought it in 1962 and it was really run down. And it was, like you were saying, sweetly, hard work and manual labor. Yeah. Not trust funds or millions in the bank. Hands, our hands, that rebuilt this farm and our perseverance and putting every dime we have into keeping the farm, not for ourselves, but to share with community. Yeah. So now we're at a point where we really do need help and mm -hmm. donations, grants, and other things are going to help us take this farm to the next level. So going to our website, www.clemensfamilyfarm.org, and looking for that donate button, um, you can make a tax-deductible donation, meaning that at the end of the year, when it's tax time, your ta a few less of your tax dollars will have to go to the U.S. government if you can give them to the Clemens Family Farm instead, because we have a fiscal sponsor named Burlington City Arts. And if you make that donation to them through the Donate Now button um, and just say for Clemens Family Farm, you can have your, your donation deducted from your taxes, what you owe. Um, there are other, there's other information on the www.clemensfamilyfarm.org website that will tell you how you can write a check and where you can write the check to. Um, check out our Facebook page as well. There's often information there about where you can donate. Um, but your money will be well used. It's not going to be squandered or used for luxury items. It all goes right back into the farm, to the programs and the events. That's why many of the events are free, is because we use the donations to help us pay for artists or pay for the food that's at the events and then we let people come for free because we really want people to learn about our heritage art and culture and celebrate it with us thank you thank you thank you so much i can't say thank you enough i can't either but listen listeners we have to go this has been sweet leander hotness checking out with the clemens family farm is all about yes thank you thank you thank you when will i get married Waiting can never be easy. 
Whether it's waiting on a taxi or a job promotion, it can be difficult. When it comes to waiting on Mr. Right, aka Boaz, it becomes even more challenging to wait while you're single. In this lighthearted book, Where's Boaz? I don't know, I'm tired of kissing frogs too. Best-selling author, Nevada York, offers suggestions based on the Bible's great love story of Ruth and Boaz and from her own experience of waiting on God. You will learn the attributes of Ruth and use the Ruth reality chart to do a self-check on your own attributes. Nevada also shares the 10-step plan that Ruth followed to win her Boaz. Obedience and being a blessing plays a key role. Trust the Lord and its timing. Make your season of singleness Ruth-defining. Order Nevada York's latest book, Where's Boaz? I don't know. I'm tired of kissing frogs too. Available on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle.